Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we talk about our favorite comic books and graphic novels. And on episodes like this, we review some of our favorite creators currently working in comics. Today, I am joined by Eisner winning writer Jason Aaron to talk about his new comic book, uh, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Going great. How are you? Doing good. Um, before we get into anything else, I just, I want to tell you and the listeners that this book was so, so fun. Uh, when I saw it solicited, I got very excited to see a new creator owned book from Jason Aaron and your artistic collaborators. Um, how would you describe once upon a time at the end of the world for the listeners that haven't checked it out yet? Well, you know, I, I mean, I've been I've been trying to kind of figure that out as I've started to do these interviews. It's um, it's a, I think it's a book. It's not easy to sum it up, kind of in in one line, um, mm-hmm. you know, given the the scope of it. Um, I mean, for this this first arc, I've talked about it kind of as um as if uh, Wes Anderson directed Road Warrior, um. <laughs> So, you know, it was definitely going for something that was a bit uh, of a different kind of take on a, a post-apocalyptic story. And that it's it's quirky, you know, it's heartwarming. Um, it it it's, gets very dark at times. Um, and, but mostly it's, you know, it's a, it's a love story. It's these two, two kids who meet each other. Um, the, in, a, in a tower by the sea at the, at the far end of time. And even though they're very different, they come from, from very different backgrounds and they're kind of, you know, um, have very different views of the world and very different views of kind of where their lives are headed. Um, suddenly they find themselves together and embarking on this adventure. And, and um, you know, as we follow them across the wasteland for this first arc, they'll, encounter some of the you know forces that are relics of the old world as they as they try to begin their life you know charting towards something new in the in the ruins of everything I uh, think how, that, how's that does that does that sum up anything <laughs> yeah i feel like it's a pretty good breakdown of the book i i did not envy you right as i asked ask that question like, <laughs> i don't know how i would describe what i read i'd say i liked it um well even guess, you know again just talking about the first arc really like it becomes a completely different book when we get to the second arc um you know along with a completely different art team and then the same again when we get to the third as we we're following these two same characters but um you know in the first arc they're kids second arc they're they're adults third arc they're 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 really old um, the, the tones are different. The kind of genres we touch on are different. Um, you know, the, they're very, very, three very, very different parts of the of the same lives that, that we're charting. And then, you know, and as we go, we kind of, the, those parts of the, those chapters aren't really confined just to those arcs. And that we, even in this first issue, we get a couple of pages where we flash forward. Um, so th- those Parts of their lives will will you know inter intertwine at, at times as we go. It's you know it's a I think given the kind of scope and ambition of it, it's a little hard to 
to sum it up, I think we'll, you'll you'll kind of just have to watch it as it unfolds to really get the full picture of of what it is. Yeah, where did that this that structure come from with three distinct timelines and completely different art teams across that? I mean, it's it's kind of a combination or a culmination of of thinking about this story for a lot of years. You know, I've I've had this idea in some form or another for. I can't tell you how many years, a long time. And at first I thought of it as a story about these two kids. And then I, as you know, the years went past, it changed. And I thought, no, I think it's a story about um, these characters as two old people. And eventually I think kind of in the midst of the, you know, pandemic days of being, you know, stuck at home, um, locked in my room, uh, you know, uh, lost in my own head, dealing with all the personal ramifications of all of that. I realized, no, I think it's a story about an entire life. It's the kids, it's the old people, it's them as adults. It's kind of all that together. And, and um, you know, I, I realized uh, if that's what we're going to do, like, let's do it as, you know, three completely different looks um, for each of those chapters. And, I was always, I was also, as I was starting to work on um, the Punisher book I'm doing for Marvel, it was, it's 30 pages an issue, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Like I've enjoyed mm-hmm. the luxurious feel of having those 30 pages to kind of spread <laughs> out and have big visuals and, yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of meaty story beats. So I knew I wanted to do that um, for this as well. And I knew I would have the story given, you know, given all the the different parts of these characters' lives we're dealing with. So I think all that kind of came together, you know, to sort of build what this is. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting the parallel between this project and some of your work on Thor looking at someone's life through three distinct separate time periods. I guess what do you find interesting as a storyteller about looking at characters lives over such a span of time like that yeah i was definitely you know thinking of uh, um the, the the comparisons to the my first thor arc were not were not lost on me like clearly i have a thing for you know for threes uh, with i mean with thor it was i liked the idea of kind of leaning into the you know the idea of a trinity and three different versions of the same god and that was really the fun of that was really to put them all together and watch them, you know, argue with themselves. Um, (laughs) Just the idea that, you know, you might, you might not love to be in the same room with your, your teenage self and your, your grandfather self. Like you might not all see the world in the same ways. Um, So this is a little bit different, but it is still, I think similar in that, you know, to kind of know who a person is and know what the story of their life is you got to look at the whole thing, right? Like nobody's life story is just one kind of story. Um, And this is, you know, in this story, we're focusing in on really one relationship between these two main characters. And even, you know, any love story is not just one kind of story. It's not just a story of how you meet and, and how you fall in love. But where do things go after that? Where do things go after that when you've been together for many years? And, and so, you know, I wanted to do a, a, a story, a love story that really tried to show 
um, all that. Um, you know, I've, I think I've been um, fascinated for years um, with stories that can be different tones and different genres within the same story. Um, things that just sort of, you know, go wherever the story takes you. And, and as a reader, you're kind of pulled along and you really have no idea where this is going or what's going to happen next. Um, I, I love, I love as a fan, I love those kind of movies. I love those kind of books that just, you know, surprise me. And, and, um, the, the, I, I can't look at the, you know, because I know the, the parameters of one genre, I can't guess where the story's going to go. Um, so I've been wanting to try to do more, um, comics that, that capture that same sort of idea that can be really um, multiple different kinds of comic book stories all wrapped up in one. And I think once upon a time, I think this will be kind of the closest I've come to, to being able to realize that. That's really cool. That's, it's fun to see that play out on the page. Um, I am a huge sucker for romance stories. I realized that about myself a few years ago. I was like, wait, everything you like has a romance at the center <laughs> of it. Um, so I guess my question for you in this book is what challenges and what like victories came for you out of making this a romance comic? Um, oh, that's a big, that's a big question. What kind of challenge? I, th- I mean, I think this book has continues to present a lot of challenges for me, um, as a writer and that so much of it is so very different than anything I've written before. Um, I think these, these first, this first arc, um, was a lot of fun because, you know, as you're the trick to writing two characters fallen in love to writing a romance story is one. We need to, we need to fall in love with these characters as we're reading it. Right. And then we need to fall in love with the idea of the, these two characters together. So, I mean, I've definitely been doing that while I've been writing these characters. Like I've fallen in love with their voices and fallen in love with writing them together. Um, That to me is one of the most fun things of of my job period is just um when you when you get a couple of voices that you that really click that you really enjoy and then just having them banter back and forth i mean i could do that you know all day so um the, so that part has been fun i think that you know the 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 things get more challenging as we get to that second arc which i've started to work on that it presents completely different challenges than, than the first arc has. Um, some of which I'm, you know, not, not, not ashamed to say I'm intimidated by like, which I think it's, you know, that's a, it's a good thing. It's a mix of excitement yeah. and intimidation of like, oh, I don't want to screw this up. Um, and then the third one is the same. The third arc will present its own completely different sort of challenges. So I think everything about this has been challenging. Um, and in terms, what was the other part of your question? Like the biggest, like the victories, the things you. I think we've covered a little bit what you've liked about it and what's been hard about it. Right. I think. I mean, the, having this book exist on the, in the first hand feels like a, a victory. In that, um, I'm working with Sierra Hahn at Boom Studios. It's the first time I've ever worked with Boom, and Sierra is someone who I've known for 
I mean, about as long as I've been in comics. I first met her at DC, you know, when I first broke in and started doing The Other Side and scalped at Vertigo. Um, mm-hmm. I met Sierra and have talked with her for years uh, about working together. And we'd never been able to kind of, you know, line things up. And we remember we we sat down for a couple glasses of wine in, in New York, I think the week of New York Comic Con. Um, and talked about, okay, like, you know, let's make this happen. And that was right before uh, COVID, right before the pandemic. And and um, I kind of already at that time knew, like, this is going to be the story. But those next couple of years would completely change and completely reshape and bring into focus exactly what that story needed to be. Um, so I think getting through all that and getting to this point now when that you know, the, the babies finally exists and it's, you know, about to make its way out into the world feels, feels, um, in and of itself, like a, a huge victory, even more. I mean, it, part of me feels that way every single time I go to the comic book store and there's a book there on the shelves that I wrote, it, it kind of never gets old of like, <clears throat> you know, the feeling of like, how did that happen? Like that, that's really yeah. a real thing now. So this one, I think more so. This is also, you know, the first creator on book I've done, solo creator on book I've, I've written in several years. Um, so yeah, feels, how does, feels good how does that feel? <clears throat> feels great. Like, you know, I had, I mean, I'd said for years that um, it, as, a, as a writer in comics, I kind of always wanted to be working on um, my own original stuff the same time as I was working on work for higher stuff. And then you know the the um pandemic kind of kind of screwed that up a little bit and then i sort of got off track from that and sort of put you know changed up my schedule in some ways and so i knew i wanted to well i think another for me another good thing to kind of come from those years was you know we all had to sort of sit back and reassess our lives and how we want to divest our time and and that to me was a you know, uh, my career was a part of that as well. And, and, and it's, this is like a year of kind of transition for me. Um, next year will be, you know, you'll see a lot, uh, of new stuff, uh, coming from me. And this is, this book is really kind of the first one of those where I wanted to come back to create your own comics in a big way. Um, with telling what is a, you know, it's become a, a very deeply personal story for me. I love that. I I've always been a big fan of your creator-owned comics, so I was very excited to see this solicited. Um, you, Thanks. yeah, um, you talked a little bit about making sure that the reader falls in love with these characters first. So I guess my question is, how do you, as a writer, go about writing characters to be endearing? I feel like that would be inherently challenging task. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think I ever sit down and think like, okay, this character's got to be endearing, you know? I think that's yeah. um I don't I think you just got to write characters that you enjoy hanging out with and that you feel like you know, it's sort of we we all we all have those moments where you meet someone, whether it's someone, you know, you're forming like a romantic connection with or someone you just 
become friends with, like whatever that connection is, there's always that spark when you meet that person, you know, meet them in a crowded bar, having drinks, get to know a little bit about them. And you have that hunger of like, oh, this person's really interesting. I want to know more about them. Like, I hope we can hang out again. Again, regardless of where that connection goes, I think that feeling, that spark, we all love that, right? Everybody loves Mm -hmm. that. We all love that feeling whenever we have it. Um, And I think that's, you just try to do that, right? Like you try to, these are people I'm meeting for the first time too, you know, even as I'm figuring out who they are and what their voices are and, and you're, you know, you're pulling things from yourself, from other people, you know, um, from other stories you've read, you pull from here and there to kind of throw it all together and have a, a, you know, a, a, a voice come out of that. Um, and you just want it to be a voice that you like hearing in your head and you want to hear more of, and you want to know more about who this person is and, and you, you know, doing that with two characters and then getting them then to see that and reflect that with each other. Um, I don't, to me, it's, it's just kind of about chasing that connection and that sort of feeling of, 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 um, um, intimacy, I guess. And, and sort of however you defined intimacy, right? Like, yeah. um, I think this is, this book in particular is more about intimacy is one of the huge overall themes of it. I'll say that we will explore in all sorts of different ways as the book goes on intimacy in the confines of, you know, a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a particular, particularly interesting thing to explore now coming out uh, as much as we are coming out of, uh, the pandemic and being cut off from people that we were used to being around. Um, you talked a little bit about how this project straddled such a difficult time. Do you feel like that informed the post-apocalyptic um, setting or was that something that was always a part of the story? That that part was always a part of the story. It definitely gave it new meaning, right? Like having yeah. the story come together in the midst of you know, such a, a surreal time and a time when our our planet felt really small all of a sudden, right? Because I'm, you know, doing what I do, working in comics. I've been lucky. I, I, I have friends who live all over the world now, right? Like I've worked with people in so many different countries. So to be in a moment where you're speaking to people in such faraway places and everybody's going through the exact same thing was really mind-blowing. Yeah. Because um, I never felt anything like that that had come you know had that same sort of effect on our entire planet um so absolutely i think that's not why it's set in the in the post-apocalyptic landscape that's where it was always set but definitely gave that um idea some profound new meaning um after these last few years absolutely i feel like it's so interesting to have gone through something that feel felt so isolating and yet so communal at once. I think that's an aspect I never would have assigned to the post-apocalyptic world prior to going through that. You know, your desire to be with other people. I feel like a lot of post-apocalyptic fiction focuses on how scary the other is, right? I've been reading The Walking Dead and it's always funny at how immediately when you see someone new you're like ah shit 
it's all done. That's the scariest part of this book. And I don't know that I would feel that anymore. I feel like I just, I longed for connection. I feel like I was, I felt more kindness towards people just because I wanted something out of that isolation, you know? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, one of some of the most fascinating parts of the last few years that we'll probably be grappling with and trying to understand for the rest of our lives are some of those contradictions, right? Like that contradiction of, of we, you know, we were all hungry for, for connection because we were so deprived, but then at the same time, I can't help but feel even now, like I still have not emerged from that, you know, that, that dark room I locked myself in. There are times when I, absolutely feel feel um hungry for more of those kind of connections other times when i'm like you know what probably good is if i just don't leave my house for a couple of days so i'll just stay <laughs> here and work um so i think that that push and pull um and, and those contradictions are definitely something i've tried to work whether i was trying to or not they're definitely reflected in this series of exactly what you're saying um I'm thinking of of uh, issue four, um, which that's sort of one of the ideas of of you know as you're wandering the the wasteland, um, you know what what do you think about the people you might you might run into? Again, you're in a, like the two characters, you know, Maceo and Mezzi who meet each other in issue one. They're both alone when they meet, um, and so you're talking about lonely people in the midst of this ruined landscape um are you are you looking for a connection or, or are you frightened of that connection i think we'll we'll kind of explore both those ideas as the story goes yeah i think it's a really interesting aspect going into that story because so much of our fiction is about like a chosen one that can pull it off on their own right and i feel like this idea of do i need other people can I do it on my own? And then, like you said, the role that intimacy plays in being human, I feel like is very much something worth exploring in our fiction. Right. And just, you know, all the fears that come with, um, with that connection and that intimacy. And once you do open yourself up to someone and, and um, let alone you're opening yourself up to someone in a landscape where there's nobody else, it's just the two of you. And what links does that go to when you're, you'd spend years together um you know the and then you'd you'd start to factor in well i don't want to say too much like i can just talk about (laughs) you know um i I also struggle with how much to say or not say about where things go in this book um for fear of spoilers but also again to kind of give give readers an idea of, of what it is but for now, I think I'll just be happy that that first issue is coming out and people can get to meet Maceo and Mezzi and, and hopefully, um, you know, want to stick around and see where their journey goes. Absolutely. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the characters and where they came from. I guess my next question would be, what was your approach to world building for this series? I feel like right from page one, I was fascinated with a, how the world got where it was and then b, where these ideas came from for you. I mean, I, I, I wanted to try to do like, I love post-apocalyptic stories. Um, the, the, I think road warrior changed my life when I, 
was the first movie I ever rented from the video store when I was a kid. Um, and I've written, you know, things influenced by, by kind of post-apocalyptic tales in, in a lot of different ways and a lot of different stories I've done. Um, so I wanted this to feel different, look different. I'm, I'm not necessarily interested in the question of how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're, things here and there that'll kind of point in different directions. There's no one answer. I don't give you the answer to that. Like spoilers, that answer's not coming. Um, <laughs> Cause the, 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 these kids have no idea. Like mm-hmm. all you, all you really know is this, whatever happened didn't happen yesterday. Um, it, it probably happened over a long period of time, a long, long time ago. So these characters um, are far removed from like any semblance of, of our world. Um, they you know, certainly don't remember anything about it. Anything they would know has been passed down to them or in, in books they've found and read. Um, so they're, they're just kind of lost in the, in the ruins of the old without really knowing anything about the old world and just kind of have to figure out, figure things out for themselves. I like that a lot. It makes me think of it as more of like a fantasy world where I, I don't have to ask questions about why it turned into that, but just this is where they are. This is what they're doing. And it, it sort of pulls the focus back in towards the characters in a cool way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely kind of, you know, what I was going for. I think there's, you know, it is once upon a time at the end of the world. So I think there's, there's a lens through which you can look at this in, in terms of a, a fairy tale. Um, and it's and some of that's kind of also plays into how these two characters see the world in, in very different ways. What previous work of yours do you feel like is most akin to this, or is this something wholly unique? Um, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, I um, to me, like over the course of my career, I've I've always. Um, tried to do whether I've tried or not like I've always been led to do different sort of stories even with the same character you know when I was writing Wolverine for years um, I feel like every arc I was doing a Wolverine could be a, a, a different tone different different kind of Wolverine story different genre same with Thor you know that the book would kind of vary wildly over the course of the seven years I worked on it. so I've always been attracted to doing different kinds of things. I think those, cause that's what I enjoy as, um, you know, as a reader, as a consumer of stories, like a, like a, a variety, like a buffet, like a little bit of everything. So this to me again, feels like, um, that, that, you know, that idea with my career, but encapsulated in, in one series. So I don't know that I think of a direct comparison between this and another book, but I, there's certainly moments, you know, like you said, I, there, there are things from my Thor run that I think about in connection with this. There are moments from Scout um, that I've thought about in connection with this. So there are things from here and there, not necessarily the entire series, but definitely moments that, that made me think of other, you know, moments from the past. Absolutely. Um, my final question for you today, what has it been like for you working with the three different 
artistic teams? Does your scripting process change with each of them? Are there artists that are more or less involved? I'm just, I'm very curious about the process on this book. Yeah. What's, you know, it's clearly been a different sort of process because I'm not, I mean, I'm, if I'm working on Avengers, there's def- there's always multiple artists involved, but it's not quite in this in the same way. So, um, the, first of all, it was a you know the props to Sierra for being able to line up three really great art teams for us, kind of right out of the gate. We wanted to know, um, you know, before the book even launched, like who each of those artists were going to be. Mm-hmm even though they wouldn't all necessarily need to start drawing right away. Um, but, you know, two of them would. And that, so we have uh, Alexander Tefinki is doing the, the, the bulk of the first arc. Uh, Layla Del Duca is drawing the second arc. And then Nick Dragata is doing the third arc. But, you know, Nick also has pages in, in issue one. <clears throat> um, so it's been, it's been a wild process uh, at this point. All three artists at this point in our production, all three artists have drawn pages. Um, so I'm, you know, just recently wrote the first issue for Layla, and, and she's been working on that, which, you know, was kind of like starting over with a different book because everything characters look different. We're in a different sort of place within the wasteland, different age, different time, different kind of story. Um, and same with Nick, you know, you get a little tease of that at issue one, see more of him, his, his stuff in issue three feels like a completely different tale that's going on with these, you know, versions of the same characters. So it's, it's been a wild ride to sort of figure that all, all out. And, um, and yes, I want each of these three artists to feel empowered and invested in, in their part of the story. You know, we're all, we're all. Um, working together with these same characters, but the, each of the three of them kind of get to make those characters their own. Um, and and uh, it, 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 I don't know, it's been unlike any book I've ever done, you know, getting to do that um, all in the same series, um, multiple versions of the same character all at the same time. It's again, it's like, an, it's a challenge, but it's, man it's you know it's the kind of challenge you got to be excited about right yeah um the fact i've been doing this for like 15 years now and i've never done a book quite like this um so and it doesn't hurt again to feel like you're in really really good hands with each of these three artists because they're all um you know all have very different styles but are all all really really great at what they do absolutely i think it'll be a lot of fun for fans of yours that have come up through Marvel to see this creator owned book. You know, when I, when I first started reading, I, I had your Thor stuff and your Wolverine stuff, but then I also had Southern bastards and I was like, okay, this guy is talking about stuff that I am very interested in. So it's going to be fun to see how you've clearly grown so much as a creator through your work at Marvel. And it'll be fun to see that applied to, to your original stories again. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I think um, for me, like you have, you have those books over the years where you kind of know in the moment, like, okay, this is the right time to tell this story. This is the right creative team. Like things come together in the right way. And you sort of know as it's happening, like, oh, this feels good, you know? 
um, this is definitely one of those. Like this is the obviously the the way things lined up. This was the perfect time to be telling what this story. Uh, and I'm really really happy with um, working with Boom and the art teams we've lined up and and how it's all coming together. You know, we still have a lot of a lot of work to do and a lot more story to tell and and again a lot more challenges for me as a writer to figure out but um i feel real really good about where it's going and and you know excited to tackle all those challenges ahead i love that um before we part ways is there anything that you would like to point our listeners to or anything you'd like to plug well i mean the, you know if you're looking for me online Generally, the best place to find me these days is on uh, a Substack. I do a Substack newsletter, um, which, you know, is, I'm not one of these guys who puts a newsletter out every week. Like, I have, it's a free one. I, I've, 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 I haven't wanted to make it feel like a job, so I kind of do it when I feel like I have something to say and something to, to talk about. But in terms of me putting my you know, thoughts out there. That's really kind of the only place I'm doing that. I, you know, I post on, post some photos on Instagram now and then, and I'll retweet something on Twitter, but that's kind of about it. You know, like I, I like the, the immediacy of the newsletter and being able to communicate more directly with people. Other than that, you know, my, my thoughts are going into my work. Um, and I'm been really busy with that. The, these next, you know, the rest of this year is going to be especially busy as I'm kind of finishing up existing projects and moving on to, to new ones. Um, a few more of which, you know, still things we can't talk about just yet, but I'll, uh, you know, I can only say that I'm very, very excited for all the stuff that I got coming up next year. I think it's going to be a, a year of, of, you know, more challenges and, and a lot of big surprises. Yeah. That is exciting news. Um, well, great. Thank you again so much for your time. Um, make sure if you're listening to this, that you go out and pick up issue one of once upon a time at the end of the world. Thank you everybody. And bye. Bye.